Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. How's everyone doing that's in chat already? Hope you guys are all having a good day. And the 49ers have concluded practice. In fact, some of the press conferences are going on as we speak. D'Amico Ryans, Chris Furster, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo set you know, to do their press conferences, and that's what's going on. But there was some injury report news that came out today. But just like every Thursday, this is the Q&A episode. You have questions. Fill up that chat with those questions. Let's get into these conversations. Let's have these topics uh, come up. I'm excited to talk about it. Everything 49ers is on the table, and I'm really, really excited to talk 49ers football. I hope you guys are all having a good Thursday. We got a game going tonight, and NFC West team is playing the Arizona Cardinals. We got the New Orleans Saints. So hopefully we get a Saints victory. Unfortunately for anyone that's in the NFC West, I just want you to lose. Uh, and if you're playing each other, I hope you guys tie. I just I want no success for the NFC West. And I don't care what anyone says about it. And what is up, BV50? How's it going? Marvin and SG all up in chat. How's it going? What's up, Frank? Uh, welcome into chat. Glad you are here. So let's talk a little bit about some of these injuries while I'm waiting for you know questions and stuff to come in because there was some things that happened today. First off, uh, the 49ers, uh, you know, Nick Bosa and Trent Williams. They're hoping to have them back, and it looks like they're on target to do so uh, because they were back at practice again. Kauno Hufanga wasn't at practice but he, he or on Wednesday, but he was suited for Thursdays, so he's in concussion protocol, but that is the next step. That's a good sign. Once he starts getting out there and doing some physical activity, then they can re-gauge, but that means he's progressing through concussion protocol. That is a good news and a good sign for Kauno Hufanga, meaning 
he could be capable of playing on Sunday. They'll push it till the very end. He'll have to clear protocol, but you're hoping that he clears on Saturday. That would be when you're hoping that that happens for Hufanga, and at least he's on the right track. That is good news for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, defensive backs Jimmy Ward and Charverius Ward were doing work on the side field. That is good news, even though Charverius Ward wasn't practicing. The fact that he was doing anything on the side field is good news, and maybe Charverius Ward will be back out there um, you know, uh, Friday for walkthroughs. I think that's important. Maybe tomorrow that Jimmy Ward ended up doing some limited work in practice. So Jimmy Ward continuing to figure out where he's at with his hand and how to deal with the cast. Uh, but I think he's moving in the right direction as well. And then tackle Mike McGlinchey returned to practice after the calf. So he's going to play. That is good news. The 49ers could actually have Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey, the starting tackles playing against the Kansas City Chiefs this week. That would be huge if they're able to get Hufanga, Ward, uh, Traver, uh, um, sorry, Jimmy Ward, Traverius Ward, and Bosa back too. This defense could have a whole entirely different look than what it had just the you know last Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Could be crazy. So uh, I think that's uh, it's one of those things. It's it's kind of fun to think about. So let's see. We got some of these uh, questions coming in. Uh, Frank is saying aloha, slow day in paradise. That's nice. So, of course, Frank enjoying Hawaii. I hope it's really nice for you. It makes me jealous. Shylock says, will the 49ers defense show up after uh, 7 uh, seven thirteen in the fourth quarter this time around? I'm hoping the 49ers defense shows up in a big way, and having some of these players back is going to be important. It just makes it a lot easier when you have that. Um, SG says, who are your top five current 49er players of all time? Uh, I'm guessing since you said all time i would start with joe montana he's number one uh ronnie lott he's got to be on that list um i'm, I'm just going to go in, in my lifetime because these are guys that i saw there's a lot of really good ones that came before i was ever born um but those those two are fantastic i think right away those are guys who stand out to me i think you probably have to put um steve young in that mix he was really really great jerry rice Course. I don't know why I didn't say Jerry Rice already. The top three should always be Montana, Rice, and, and Lott. But I think it's four those four guys and probably Patrick Willis. Uh, the things that Patrick Willis did were absolutely ridiculous. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. But there were a lot of really great players before I was ever born. I was born in the, the 80s. So um, I'm just going to go off what I personally saw. But they're tremendous players all throughout 49ers history. Uh, so some of the other injuries, uh, Eric Armstead, of course, is still out. But did not participate in practice. Um, limited practice guys were Bosa, Ebucom, still dealing with the Achilles tendonitis. I expect him to play. He's limited in practice. He'll play. Being back on natural grass is important. Greg Jackson with the knee, he'll play. Just you know, getting over some of those, uh, you know, playing on turf for a couple weeks is rough. Uh, McGlinchey did practice. That's good news. Jimmy Ward, of course, and then Trent Williams. That's good news. And then full participation in practice. Demetrius Flanagan fouls, which means he's overcome the knee tendonitis that he was dealing with. Tyler Croft is all the way back, not limited this week. Last week he was limited and then was a scratch for the game. It was inactive. So Croft could be a big part of this offense again. He was getting first team reps when George Kittle was out the first two weeks. So I think Croft is somebody that's important. And then Charlie Warner's shoulder healthy enough that he was able to go full in practice. As far as the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, their cornerback, Rashad Fenton, did not play. He's dealing with a hamstring, so he didn't practice. Limited practice, our defensive end, Michael Dana, 
a guy that they've really counted on a lot this year, and guard Joe, uh, Joe Thune. Uh, both of those guys you know, are limited in practice. I expect them to play full, full participant in practice. Our kicker, uh, Harrison Bucker, he's going to play. Uh, the young guy, Brian Cook, he's been dealing with a concussion, but now he's back. Cole Hardman was dealing with a heel. He's back. Trey Smith, their starting left guard, he's back, even though he's dealing with a, a pectoral. And Legereus Sneed, who they blitz a ton, was dealing with a knee. He's going to participate as well. Kansas City's pretty healthy overall. It looks like the 49ers are getting healthy, uh, but you want all these guys for sure back when you're playing against the Rams here in a couple weeks. So I, I think that that's something to remember. And then um, Frank says the 49ers are like women. I love but can never have. And still feel protective of her and want only the best for her. So when I see negligence, lack of urgency, I tend to be fighting mad. I think that's fair. BV50 says, and I hope all is well with Alex. Yes, Alex is getting married this weekend, BV. So um, that's that's going on. I'm actually not going to be doing a reaction show on Sunday. He's getting married on Sunday. So I won't do a reaction show. I'll be at his wedding. I'm in his wedding. So uh, yeah, he's doing good. He's enjoying the festivities. He's already um, in full wedding mode. So I, I think he's going to be doing just fine and he's doing well. Uh, SG says, and who are your top five current 49er players? Um, the current 49er players, Nick Bosa, I think it goes actually Trent Williams, Nick Bosa. Those are the, the top two I start with. And then after that, I'm going Debo Samuel, uh, Fred Warner. Uh, let's see. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go Charverius Ward. I'm going to give him his props. I think he's one of those top five guys right now. I, I think you could argue there's other guys. I think that, you know, George Kittle hasn't really had the season. Probably should be Kittle, to be honest. He should be that fifth guy. Um, but I'll go with Ward. I want to give him a little bit of respect, even though we all know George Kittle is probably that guy. Eric Dane says, do the 49ers still defer the opening kick? And if so, you think they should switch to receiving since they're clearly built to play with the lead? That's a good point, Eric. You know, I mean, you could always switch. Uh, I know coaches have different perspectives. A lot of times you want to kick off. You want to go ahead and get a stop. That way you get good field position. It helps your offense overall. But I was a coach that always received because I was an offensive coordinator and I wanted to go out there and get to an early start and set the tone for the entire game about how my offense was going to execute and how we were going to roll. And I like to put a deficit and put pressure on the opposing team. And when you have you know, a powerful offense, that's really important. So this could be a week, especially, you know, where you do that. Uh, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Get the ball first and try to drive down the field using, you know, six to eight minutes of the first quarter and getting some points. I think you're right. That would set the tone. It might be a good way to go. Hadn't thought about that yet, but Eric Dane coming with a, a good point of view on it. So I really like that. Marvin says his top five are Jimmy Johnson, Dave Wilcox, Ronnie Lott, Joe Montana, Justin Smith. Let me say this. Okay, I, I, Jimmy Johnson's fantastic. Dave Wilcox as well. But Justin Smith being on this, I love that, Marvin, because Justin Smith was my favorite player from the Harbaugh kind of days. Uh, I, I absolutely loved him, and I don't think he gets enough uh, respect for what he did. So I love that. So uh, good ups to Marvin for coming with that. SG says, who will score? the first TD of the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I was right a little bit ago. So if you're talking who will score first for the 49ers, I got it right when it was Jeff Wilson Jr. a couple weeks ago. Let's see if I could get this. Um, I think it's going to be George Kittle. I think George Kittle is going to score the first touchdown for the 49ers. I think it's going to be a point of emphasis to get him involved and get him the ball. And there is avenues for George Kittle to win against the Kansas City uh, linebacker and safety group. So I'm going to go with Kittle on this. I think Kittle comes back. Jimmy Garoppolo has the time to throw the ball. 
Uh, so we'll, we'll roll with that. And Frank says, gonna be a fun game. Forget everything. Go enjoy every snap. That is what—that uh, is the team considered the standard in the NFL. There are games you live for, win or lose, no quitting. Yeah, I mean, they're going to go out there and they're, they're going to compete. And the 49ers, when healthy, have a chance to beat anyone in this league. Hopefully they're going to be a lot more healthy, but they what they're trying to do is just get that chemistry going and get that execution going. If you watched my game preview show earlier, that was my key matchup on offense was just getting back to excellence of execution and being able to handle business. So what's up, Edgar? Uh, welcome to chat. It's getting about business and, and making sure you're executing at a high level. If you're executing at a high level, then you're, you know, that's when you can start reeling off some of these wins and get on a winning streak. I think that's what the four yards need, uh, but it's all about getting chemistry and getting rhythm this week. So that way you could take that into the Rams and win next week. You want to win against the chiefs, but a win against the Rams fundamentally changes your season because you're four and four going in the break. If you lose to Kansas city, uh, but you have a, a lead in the division and you're three and oh, with two wins over the Rams who used to be, you know, your number one threat and a win over the Seahawks who are the number two threat because Arizona is in the basement. Just put yourself at a good spot. What is up, Michael Hum Humphrey? How are you doing? Says home early, so I'm here live. What's up, Coach? Uh, it's going well, Michael. I hope you're having a good one, and I'm glad you got an early start to the night. Get to relax a little bit. I don't know if you're going to watch the game tonight. Uh, these Thursday night games have been tough to watch, to be honest. But New Orleans, Arizona, at least the Fortnite's have a little skin in the game because of Arizona. Uh, I got my hair cut today. My barber is a, a New Orleans Saints fan. I talked a little bit about the game, but... Uh, it, it's tough. They're probably going to have the red rifle starting. I don't know. Um, but, you know, football is football, and I always enjoy watching any football when I have the opportunity. So uh, Marvin saying Justin was awesome. He was. I mean, he's a big reason why Alden Smith had the success. Now, Alden Smith was a special player because he had the length, uh, the ability to bend the corner. He was good. Um, but Justin Smith definitely helped him. And Lou says, JG. Talk about Jimmy G scores the first touchdown. That was a that would surprise me coming from you, Lou. Uh, but I I would love that for sure. Uh, Frank says, Leo Namalini, Hardy Brown, over 70 knockouts. Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott, Jerry Rice. Love it. Uh, I, Leo Namalini, what, what, was he the first pick the 49ers ever had in their franchise? Uh, so Frank, you know, that's the thing. I knew that there were players, um, you know, that were kind of before my time that were really, really good. And I have so much respect for them. That's why I just went off what I've seen because there are so many great players in this organization. I, that's why it's a fun conversation. I love when all the those players get brought up. Um, and then like somebody like Hardy Brown, I'm not as familiar with Hardy Brown. So now I'm gonna have to go back and read. So thanks, Frank, for putting that out there because I, I love I love that. And Marvin's saying you forgot Bob St. Clair. Uh, so Bob St. Clair with a plaque at Kizar. I love I love the conversation that's going there. Uh, fantastic. And Ronnie's rooting for the Saints. I'm with you. Marvin says, when I was a kid, my stepdad would put on big-time wrestling, and Leo Nomalini was on there all the time. Gotta love big-time wrestling. I grew up a wrestling fan as well. Uh, got my Brock Lesnar shirt on right here. Oh, yeah, I love I love that. Good. Leo the Lion. What's up, Lou? How's it going? I hope you're feeling better. I know you weren't feeling well this week. I hope you're doing good. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully the Four Dinners put out a good performance for everybody this week. That's what I'm hoping. Ronnie says, Ants, what's your thoughts on Elijah Moore requesting a trade from the Jets? It's not really surprising. Uh, Elijah Moore, you know, kind of has kind of been in the background there. Uh, they haven't been able to do a lot offensively with the passing game, even though they have the young quarterback. 
who's in his second year in the system, but he got hurt. So they've had some dealings there. It's not surprising. I think if I'm the Jets, I don't trade him. But if you know you really want to move on from him, he'll probably be a cheap option. Who will be involved in that? I don't know. Um, would the Jets be willing to work with the 49ers? Maybe. I think I would be willing to call, but what are you going to do in the wide receiver room? Because, um, you know, I mean, the, right now, Danny Gray can't even get on the field. So it's it's interesting. But I like Elijah Moore so much coming in the draft. That's why I, coming out of the draft, I'd be interested in him because he's a young guy with tremendous upside. So uh, maybe, may, maybe the 49ers would be interested in him. But I think that's interesting that he's requesting for a trade because I thought, you know, that Paula really ran a tight ship and I figured everyone would be on point, but uh, that offense has been struggling. Uh, let's see. Haystack Calhoun. Ooh, Frank coming with Haystack Calhoun, Pat Patterson. Um, Pat Patterson was my mom's favorite wrestler. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. All those guys, uh, coming out. That's, that's pretty funny. So the injury reports are in for the 49ers and at least it's looking, uh, promising. I think that's good news so far for the Niners that they've got at least some good news coming their way because it has been, uh, really tough. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo had to talk about the Super Bowl this week. I think that's been one of the toughest things to watch is these players that are being talked, you know, talked to about 2019. You know, Bosa wanted nothing to do with watching that film. He said he wasn't going to watch it. Uh, Kyle Shannon said he watched it a couple times, but it wasn't enjoyable. I, yeah, that's just one of those toughest things. I know there's players that never watch the game back ever again. And I, you know, I don't really blame them. It's tough when you lose those big games. I've lost in championship games before, and they're rough, and it wasn't even a Super Bowl, which is absolutely ridiculous. That's the, the height of everything. Um, so, yeah, there's that. I think that's frustrating. And then, of course, there's the news this week, you know, that they're celebrating the 2020 or 2012 San Francisco 49ers, and Jim Harbaugh is going to be there, but another tough loss in that Super Bowl. I think it's just one of those things you don't want to think about. But, you know what? And, and good news, everyone. This Sunday is National Tight Ends Day. So we got National Tight Ends Day this week. That is good news. Uh, George Kittle will be hyped up. They'll be going. It'll be exciting. Um, and then SG says, can we do a 49ers versus Chiefs postgame show on 10-23-22? I will be unable to do a postgame show on Sunday. I can't do a reaction show. I am going to be at a wedding, so that will not... I'm not able to do that. I am going to go live on Monday to give my you know my reaction to the show, talk about it, break it down. Those are all things that are going to happen then. So um, Sunday will be the one time I haven't done a reaction show all year. Lou's talking about 18-man battle royal for first wrestling match. Well done. Uh, those are some good ones, by the way. Everyone's going through. And I mean, a lot of really good wrestlers being mentioned in chat right now. Everyone's turning this into this Q&A into... Uh, wrestling talk, which I think is funny, and Kane DR, I see what you did there with Hornswoggle. Uh, love that as well. It's pretty funny overall. But yeah, any questions you guys have, continue to drop those in chat, and we'll have a nice conversation about it. Um, so we've got you know some decisions the 49ers are going to have to make. We'll see what happens tomorrow with the walkthroughs, because if the 49ers end up having Charvarius Ward out there, maybe there's a chance he could play which would be huge. I know he wants to be out there to be able to play against his old unit, um, but you got to be able to keep him healthy because Traverse Ward against the Rams is more important. Uh, and then you had the talk. I don't know if anyone saw this, but one thing, the, the Rams, I guess, lowballed Odell Beckham Jr. And by lowballing Odell Beckham Jr., he's kind of looking around. 
And then you had the talk that Travis Kelsey got called by the Kansas City Chiefs about redoing his deal to free up cap space. And he was kind of hinting that it could be for Odell Beckham Jr. So it could be one of those situations where the Rams are going to take a hit here because they're not winning at a high level right now. Somewhat, something like what happened to the Niners last year where they weren't in on Odell because of their record. And now the now that he's been disrespected apparently by the Rams, Odell Beckham might be headed to the AFC. It might be one less weapon the four years have to worry about. Um, and with the four yards playing the Rams next week, they're not going to have to worry about Odell maybe the entire year. It's it's really interesting the way that this is playing out and how the AFC <laughs> is so top heavy with tremendous uh, uh, tremendous talent. It is really crazy. And what's up, Jag? How's it going? Does uh at TCC? What's the plan for Brunskill moving forward? I think it has to be to eventually play center. I think with the way that Jake Brendel has played that there needs to be a move to Daniel Brunskill. But what is the proper time to do it? We know that he you don't really want to, you know, mess up chemistry. Chris Furster didn't put uh, Aaron Banks in last year, even though they believed Aaron Banks was ready to go. So I think that the bye week would make the most sense. So maybe you're rolling with Brendel for the next couple weeks, and then you go ahead and you make the switch during the bye week to Daniel Brunskill. That way you have Brunskill in case you need him against Aaron Donald in a week to play guard. But I think that's the plan because Brendel hasn't played good. And Brendel has had so many of these little key errors, you know, from snapping it off his butt, uh, the one that Ross Dwelly picked up and saved the 49ers in that game, to the snap infraction last week. There has just been a lot. There's been a lot of whiffs. There's been a lot of, you know, you hear Spencer Burford talk about communication problems on blocking. How much of those are going to Jake Brendel? Uh, Brendel's strengths are second-level blocks, being able to get to linebackers in the run game. They're not in anchoring against pass blocking. They're not in moving people off their spots. So you have to get creative with the run game and the way that you handle it. So you have to keep you know keep giving him help. Now, Brunskill is not like an all-pro caliber or Pro Bowl caliber center, but he could be enough of an upgrade over what you're getting from Brendel. The one thing I do know, Brent, right, we got to a Super Bowl with Ben Garland at center. I do know Brendel's not as good as Ben Garland. Daniel Brunskill might be. I think that's the big difference. It's just how comfortable does he feel playing center. But I think that's the way it has to go. Um, you have to start working Brunskill in there because I think Brunskill makes them, you know, one of the, that's their top five when you get Brunskill in there. Uh, so it's interesting. And SG says, uh, can we do a 49ers versus Chargers postgame show on 11-13? I will be able to do that. Now, that's an interesting day. I'm traveling that weekend, but I should be back for that game. Um, so, yeah, I should be doing a post-game show after that game. That's post-bye week. But, yeah, that's going to be one heck of a week uh, because I'm traveling and then I'm I'm coming back for the game. So, um, hopefully, that will work out. And Frank says, Odell likes Kyle's system. Him in the slot will be crazy. If the 49ers feel they're not going to get enough out of um, Danny Gray, Odell Beckham is a huge fit for the 49ers. Because they're playing Jawan Jennings he has a fourth wide receiver most of the time. It's like a, he's playing like 15 you know, snaps. Uh, Odell Beckham would be a huge addition. Would the 49ers be willing you know, to make that move for Odell? And would Odell want to come to the 49ers? I mean, that's the bigger question. It looks like he's the, the Chiefs are in on him. I mean, Kyle Shanahan loves Odell Beckham Jr., so you can never count the 49ers out. Uh, I just wonder if that has sailed. You know, and SG is saying OBJ to San Francisco. I mean, you never say never. We know that John Lynch is willing to make moves. Maybe he would make a move for Odell Beckham Jr. 
I keep saying they need to make a move for Indomitian Sue. That's what I'm seeing. I'm going with the Hosses up front. If I can get a defensive tackle to add to this rotation, that's what I want. And a big-time defensive tackle might be the way that I would be uh, going. So Marvin Rose says, so should Brendel change uh, in name to Butt Air? <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but it did. Uh, well done, Marvin. Good job. I like that. Uh, Frank's... Frank says, if the 49ers win this week, OBJ might be enticed to come on board. Come on, Niners, market yourself. You're right. Odell Beckham Jr. wants to win. He already knows he's not going to get a huge salary this year because he's coming off the ACL. So you're right. You know, Teams that are in position to win a Super Bowl is going to be who Odell Beckham Jr. is going to want to land with. So 49ers could be a possibility. They weren't last year, and John Lynch was clear about that. The reason we're not an option is because of, of how we're playing right now. We're only 3-5, and five, so... That makes sense. Traffic says, what's up? And what's up, Traffic? How's it going? Welcome to chat. Uh, SG says, let's do a post-game show on 11-23 after the conclusion of the game. And then uh, Marvin says, me thinks that OBJ is saying, show me the money. He could be. He could be just saying, show me the money. We'll see what happens. And then Frank says, coax Mac back for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's actually something that's been coming up in chat recently. I know Luke Luna was the first one that came to me with it. Was he was saying, hey, let's bring Alex Mack back. I wonder where Alex Mack is with all this. I wonder if John Lynch and Kyle Shannon have been in contact with him. I'm sure the players have. If he felt like they had a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl, you may be able to do that. But I don't know what his body's like. I don't know what his health's like. You know, a lot of these players, uh, when they retire, they kind of lose a lot of weight, get in better shape. We've seen it with Staley and a lot of other players, Joe Thomas. So I don't know what Mack looks like. If he's in shape and he's healthy, yeah, I mean, bring him back, right? I mean, you could sign him next week, for instance, and have him practice with the team for a few weeks. He could be ready to go for the Chargers. Uh, he didn't want to go through training camp and all that anyways. He never did. So that would be interesting. I would be okay with that if they could make that happen. I don't know if that's an actual option, um, but I I mean, I don't mind talking about it a little bit. Marvin says, in order to figure out if you are getting enough from Danny, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to kind of get him out there uh, to see. We'll see. Uh Let's see. KNDR says, I'm traveling that weekend. Oh, I wonder why KNDR is traveling the same weekend I am traveling. Interesting. Maybe I'll see you there, KNDR. We'll meet in the desert, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, exactly. Me and KNDR are going to be at the same function on the same day. So, yeah, we're both going to be traveling. So, uh, that'll be it'll be good to see good old KNDR out there. Uh, Jack says, Deron Payne or Derek Brown, my early Xmas wish. I think Deron Payne is the more realistic of the two. Here's my thought. I was on John Chapman's uh, Patreon earlier. We do a live show over on his Patreon, the bonus show we do every week. And he was talking about Derek Brown. And I don't think Derek Brown is a realistic trade target. For the mere fact, the Panthers want their job to be enticing. They're probably going to have a chance to get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. That's enticing. But you also want to have a defense. Imagine if your new coach is going to be someone like D'Amico Ryans. If you have Derek Brown in the interior and Brian Burns as an edge guy, right away, if I'm D'Amico Ryans, that's a job that entices me because now I'm going to get to draft the quarterback of the future. I think you got to make sure your team still has those pieces that you need. And even though it's a fire sell, when you have a guy like Derek Brown, you have a guy that is only in the third year of his rookie contract. You have him under control for a couple more seasons. 
And he's one of those guys that's cheap but makes a big impact. I just don't think you're going to move off from him. I think there are other realistic guys from that team you can move on from. Robbie Anderson made a lot of sense, right, because he's like a friend show uh, and all that. And SG, we'll, we'll talk about it some more. Uh, get my get my email from the description section, 49 yards cutback, and send me an email so we can talk about it. Um, let me know if that is, you know, a Eastern 5, whatever it is, okay? Um I don't, I, that way I don't have to make a decision right here on the stream, but we can talk that way on the email. I prefer to handle it that way. Thank you so much. Uh, and Frank says Derek Brown from Carolina. Yeah, that's who they're talking about uh, for sure. So uh, Frank says vets hate training camp. They do. They really do. What's up, Paul? How's it going? Welcome to chat. Says one bright side to Lance's injuries. Hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have a solidified offensive line that has learned and communicated and worked together as a cohesive unit to protect him. That's true. And potentially they have hopefully a center of the future. They'll either re-sign Daniel Brunskill and it'll be him. Or what I'm hoping is it'll either be Nick Sakil or Jason Poe. And I think it's Nick Sakil. I think the way they kept him, they want him to be that guy. So have having him would be really important for this team. And moving forward, imagine if you had all those young cats together with Trent Williams. Now, there's going to be question marks at right tackle. Mike McGlinchey is going to be a free agent. Will he come back? Will the 49ers pay him, you know, 16, 17, 18 million dollars to come back? He deserves it in the run game and he's played pretty good in the pass game as well. Um, are they willing to pay that for a right tackle? Don't know. It could be drafting a young guy, or you know, they could use a Daniel Brun skill or somebody like that, a more journeyman type. That's a question mark. I think center and right tackle are question marks, but Burford, Aaron Banks, Trent Williams, uh, that's nice chemistry. And hopefully a Nick Zakel at center will make it a little bit easier. Uh, so the email is uh, 49yardscutback at gmail.com, SG. So 49yardscutback at gmail.com. Um, the desert. I live in a desert town. Yeah, we're going, we'll be in uh, Arizona. We're going to be going to Tucson, Arizona. So that's where we'll be. Um, Marvin says uh, to Paul, give me a saying. Here, hold my beer. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Frank says, amazing that after five years of substandard pass blocking O-line, 26 on average, that this year finally pass protection is adequate. Jimmy better take advantage. It was never, uh, never for him. Uh, he should take advantage of it. And you know they're going to start moving the pocket even more and more. They're going to get this outside zone run game going, especially once Elijah Mitchell gets back. Uh, just mark my words: the difference between this offense right now, the way it's constituted with the running backs they have, and once Elijah Mitchell gets in there, it's going to change. It's going to be a pretty profound. And I think once he gets in there, Jimmy's going to be able to move the pocket. They're going to move defenders horizontally with the way that they run offense and play action off of that. And the offense is going to take a step forward, but they need that speed of Elijah Mitchell, his speed, vision, and power. Uh, there's It's a rare combination. Now, do I think he's an all pro right now? No, but do I think he's one of those guys that would have rushed for close to 1400 yards if he would have stayed healthy the whole year. I do. I just think he's that good. And from everything I saw from him at training camp, he has those capabilities. Uh, Paul says, could Zakil be ready after the bye week? He might be. Uh, they've kept him inactive the whole time. And what's up, Shooter? And what's up, Spynick Danger? How's it going? Um, but I don't know. You know, I mean, we haven't got any looks on him. We haven't heard any coaches talking about him. No media members have asked Chris Furster about Nick Zakil. I think thought and i think to this point i think he's gonna redshirt the entire year um but i mean if he was ready to go that would be a nice time i think coming out of the bye week is always a good time to make your subtle changes 
and that one would make sense. I think it's more likely that it's Daniel Brunskill. I think the plan was always to draft a center that was eventually going to take over. Uh, they were interested in drafting Nick Sakil last year. It didn't come out, so they drafted him this year. And I thought, I believe they thought when they signed Alex Mack to a three-year deal that he was going to play for two of those years. And then the third year was going to kind of be the way that they stretched that money out. I thought that was always the plan. And then Mack retired early. I don't know how much of that is Mack retired because he was just done. He was getting married and all that. And how much of that was Alex Mack retired because he didn't really know if the four years were going to be championship caliber. I think those are things that I wouldn't know without uh, talking to Alex Mack himself. So not sure. And uh, so I think that's something here to remember. A shooter is enjoying work. That's awesome. Um, always, always enjoy when you're able to kind of relax uh, at work even and, and take a little time to yourself but overall i think that's good news for the 49ers and you know we we got guys progressing and coming back from injury and hopefully some of these young guys like you're talking about will continue to develop because jason poe it was i mean was he a practice player of the week last week uh nick zakel hopefully getting better so the four years have young guys and then we got to be very much encouraged with jalen moore jalen moore had himself a really nice stretch now i know trent williams might be back uh, but if you watch the Broncos game, those seven plays, and you watch him now, there is absolutely no way you can think that Jalen Moore isn't at least a legitimate NFL player. And I think that's good news for the 49ers. It means they're coming up with more and more depth. Um, that's good news. You need depth along this offensive line, and the 49ers have proven to have it. I mean, even when Blake Hance came in the game, I know they ended up going with Daniel Brunskill last week in the second half at right tackle. But Blake Hance came in, and the 49ers scored a touchdown on the drive he was in. That's good news. Having that depth and being able to overcome injuries is good. I mean, can the Rams overcome losing starting off as a line like no boom? Can the Cardinals overcome losing Justin Pugh? I don't know. I don't know if they have the same kind of depth that the 49ers have, and I think that's important. And what's up, Forktall? How's it going? Uh, ben gone a bit, but back. Didn't I tell you Drake Jackson would oh, – would be surprised in camp. LL Jake Jackson did really good. So well done there. Really appreciate that. Nestie, I'll check out that email um, after the show. I really appreciate it. I uh, got a super chat here, and then I'll go back to the questions from Jag. It says, respect your inside and O-line play. Jalen Moore, yeah. Jalen Moore has played well. I think he has changed so much. I, my honest belief, Jag, about Jalen Moore was that he was unprepared, and this is his own doing, but he was unprepared to play against the Broncos. Now, that's a tough ask anyway with who they got playing at edge rushers with Chubb, um, you know, and the guys that got there, they're really, really good. So that was going to be difficult, but I think he thought, Oh, I got Trent Williams ahead of me. I got Colton McKivitz ahead of me, like no worries. And then all of a sudden Trent Williams went down and they called his number and he went in and he was unprepared. You could tell he didn't know what the pass rushers were going to do. He was not ready for that situation. I think they pulled him. McKivitz went in and did a good job, but he was prepared the next week to play. Chris Forrester probably got on him a little bit. I'm sure he got on himself and now he looks adequate. Can he still improve? Yes. I think this is a good sign for him. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to look like after the year. And these have been valuable snaps. Remember, Daniel Brunskill in 2019 was a young player. Once he started getting all those reps, he got a lot better too. So I think that is good news for the 49ers. Uh, Michael says, Ant, do you think the running game will improve if Kyle goes back to running back by committee instead of running Wilson 30 times? I, I think it's going to change a lot with Elijah Mitchell. I mean, I would prefer a running back by committee, you know, running a couple of guys. I think TDP being back will be interesting. 
Um, I think he got away from the run a little bit against Atlanta before he should. 16 total rushes is not how you're going to win, but uh, it felt like circumstance a lot of times. You get it back to 14-14, which was impressive using you know, the run. Uh, or I'm sorry, using the pass. But then he could have got to the run in that second drive, and I think he would have. You had that throw to Brandon Ayuk on the slant that would have been seven yards. It was incomplete. Brandon dropped it. Then they took the deep shot to Ray-Ray McLeod. Well, if you're taking the shot to Ray-Ray McLeod on second and three, which I'm sure Kyle intended on, or even, you know, second and short, number one, it's a good opportunity to do so. But secondly, you can convert on third down and keep the drive going and then go back to your run game. But it didn't happen. Uh, some of the 49ers failures, like the, you know, the Warner drop and stuff, really goes back to hurt you. So... I do think they need to get a rotation. I think he'll feel more comfortable with his rotation once he gets Elijah Mitchell back. Then I see, I think you'll see Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. kind of rotating more. I think that's when he'll go back to his two-back set. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would prefer that, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. doesn't carry the ball more than 15 times right now and that you work a way to get everybody else that carries. But in the grand scheme of things, the four yards need to make sure they carry the ball close to 30 times. And against the Kansas City Chiefs, over 30 times have a chance to win. Um, Let's see. Shooter says, Ant, what do you think about Mooney Ward telling reporters that he's going to play this weekend? Yeah, I, I think he's definitely wants to. I definitely think he wants to play uh, this weekend. It's his old team. He wants to play against all those guys. He wants to go prove that, hey, you should have paid me that money, and now I'm going to go in there and prove it. I think that's another motivation for Trent Williams. Remember, Kansas City was weighing on Trent Williams, and Williams chose to come back to San Francisco. I think there's motivation for those guys. I think these guys know how important uh, winning football games is. And if you can get a big win over Kansas City and then beat the Rams, your season turns around huge. Uh, but the, you know, you got to sometimes be cautious. And I think that's what the team has to do with Charverius Ward. If he's going to be 100%, play him. If he's not, fit him and make sure he's ready to go for the Rams because that game is more important than the Kansas City Chiefs game. All games are important. Um, but division games against your you know division rival, you can go up 2-0 in that. Those are the most important games for sure. Uh, we got the Chiefs coming through. What's up? I hope you're having a good day. It's going to be a fun game on Sunday. Your team is absolutely spectacular. So, uh, yeah, it'll be good. Um, Frank says, Ant, let's forget the uniforms and the names, team allegiances. As a coach, with 10 minutes to play, down two scores, do you personally go into hurry-up offense? No. So with down two scores, what I would do with 10 minutes – is I run my normal offense. So I'm going to run my normal offense until it gets to about four minutes. So I want to score, um, you know, with with about four, a little over four minutes left. So you have six minutes there with 10 minutes to score a touchdown. That's what you're trying to do. Uh, once it hits four minutes, you have to go into a hurry up mode. So as soon as it hit four minutes, that's where you should be uh, because you need to score before the two minute warning. If you score before the two minute warning, you have four times to stop the clock. One with the two minute warning and then three timeouts which means at worst you're down a score and you got the ball coming back to you if you get a stop on defense with at least one timeout. So that's how I'm handling it. That's what it's about. So 10 minutes, no, I'm not in hurry up. Once it gets to four minutes, absolutely I'm in hurry up because I need to score before the two-minute warning. So that's just kind of how I go about it. Uh, BB says, Ant, I love the T.O. dancing with our mascot clip. Yeah, I love that one too. I always like when it plays. That's why I'm happy when people do stuff. I get to see it over there. It's fun, so... Uh, I'm glad you really like that, BV. I like it as well. Uh, let's see. Traveris Ward over JC Jackson. Mr. Corey, you speak no lies because right now JC Jackson is struggling. And, um, you know, the 49ers made a good choice. And I think that's a, a good uh, a good decision. And, and you know, uh, Hefe saying, 
Uh, Ward was my dog. Ward is, I love Ward. His interviews are fantastic. I don't know if you enjoyed his interviews. His interviews are fantastic. I, I love listening to him, but uh, physical, gets after it. He's everything you want in a player. So uh, very happy to have him in San Francisco. And I know he wants to play really bad. I don't know if he's going to be out there, uh, but I kind of hope he is. Well, actually, I really hope he is. I just want him healthy for sure for next week. Uh, Frank says the last game was really decided up front. The defensive tackles for the 49ers were less than. Yeah, and you know what? They're, those guys are going to wear out. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway and Kevin Givens can hold up for so long. But that second rotation right now, well, you had Spence and you had Hyder. Hyder's undersized. He's not 300 pounds like he was last year for Seattle. He came in this year to play defensive end, and it's you know, right around 280. That, that's a big difference. I think they're, they're missing. You know, If they had Kinlaw and Armstead and Ridgeway and Givens were coming in as a rotation, that defensive line would have been completely different. They would have been better run stopping. So I think that is one of the situations that the 49ers are running into and why I keep saying, where can we find more D-line help? And I know they brought in T.Y. McGill, and I love them bringing in McGill. That made a lot of sense. And I'm hoping he's going to be able to help this team this week. We'll see if he's going to be elevated from the practice squad. Moses says, did you take a look at the blueprint that the Bills put out of uh, of the 49ers can execute? We uh, can get them. I watched the game. So... I went over, I, I break down the film every week uh, for a scouting report video that I put over on Patreon of the team we're about to play. So I went through the all 22, broke down every single play of Kansas City versus the Bills. So yeah, I saw a lot of things that the Bills did well. And I think Kansas City has a blueprint against them. We've seen it from the Raiders as well, running the football, um, you know, getting, getting off the field that way, uh, occupying the clock with your offense. I think those are the blueprints to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. I mean, in my game preview show, I said the best defense is a good offense. Keeping those guys off the field is important. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that's just how you go about it. And Frank says, thank you. And no problem. Um, I just, you know, that's the thing, right? It's just honest assessments about how I do it. And that's how I would coach. Uh, whether, you know, it's whether people think it's right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just kind of how it is and how you approach it. I had no problems. When it got to four minutes and Kyle didn't get things going at a rapid pace, I was like, oh, no. I was, that's when I, I looked over. I was, I was watching the game with Horse, and I was like, come on. You know, they got to get this thing going. Crazy. Uh, it will be interesting. Ward knows Mahomes really good. He does. Um, but, man, Mahomes, there was one play in this game against the Bills this week. He's rolling left, and it ends up getting called back. He has Valdez Scantling running it, you know, inside on a, a post. Or it's like a skinny post slant to the inside and he's rolling left and he throws back across his body one of the most ridiculous throws it's freaking crazy finds an open window and gets it i'm just like uh, how do you stop that how do you stop that i just don't know um frank says i think this team is going to be amped for this game i think they are you know i think they're hyped in general they want to get that bad taste out of their mouth from losing to atlanta you just don't want that to happen and we got a super chat from jag Says, what's the difference or what's the significance of Coach Turner's return? Well, I'll tell you what I think the significance is, Jack, is first off, Kyle Shanahan talked about he's not running back coach anymore, but that he's going around and being a consultant and helping. That's huge because the one-on-one -on -one attention that he can give certain positions is important, but also players. Uh, imagine him going up to Jordan Mason now, watching him get reps and saying, hey, do this. Individual coaching time is important to have, and it's hard to find in the NFL when you have a guy with the extensive knowledge and dedication to detail like Bobby Turner, and now he can, you know, put that in all areas of the offense, I think that's huge. That's what Kyle Shanahan needs because when it comes to execution, it's the little things. 
a lot of the players that I played for used to think a lot of the things I did was redundant. Like, we're doing this over and over and over. Why are you doing that? And the reason was you had to get it perfect. You have to do it perfect every single time. And if you get those reps down, you're able to. And somebody like Bobby Turner pays attention to that. Kyle said they got mad at the way the receivers were getting out of the huddle, how they weren't getting. That is great. So I think Bobby Turner is huge for this offense. And I think we'll start seeing you know, kind of the rewards of that over the next several weeks. Uh, it's nice that he has Anthony Lynn at running back. And now I think Bobby Turner being in this role, he's going to help bring this team to another level. So I thought that was a huge addition and a big get for the 49ers coaching staff. Mr. Course is Ant, did you hear that the Panthers were asking Ty Davis price uh, in any deal for McCaffrey? Hell no. Um, I did not hear that. So I haven't heard any details about a McCaffrey trade other than the fact that I heard they were wanting a one for McCaffrey. Um, so a Ty Davis price for McCaffrey, that doesn't surprise me. Third round pick, right? You're getting some value back. I don't know if the 49ers will be willing to do that. I like Ty Davis price. I'm not even sure I'm willing to trade for McCaffrey. Uh, you know, depending on what the, it would have to be for a pretty cheap offer, right? I, I think the 49ers couldn't give away a lot to get McCaffrey. I like McCaffrey. I like his ability in this offense. I just don't want to give up a lot of capital because we don't have a lot of capital over the next couple of years. Peter says the problem with KC is that we can shut them down for three quarters, but if the Niners offense doesn't put up big numbers, Kansas City can always come back and win it. That's right. They're never out of the game. You know what I mean? 14, 17 points, 20 points. What, what is the number? You watched their playoff run a, a few years ago, and it was like no lead was safe, and I think that's one of the struggles, and that's one of those times that you wish you had your elite defense because if you had your elite defense, you could feel like, oh, if we got up 14 points, we could close the door or at least slow them down. So it's all about keeping Patrick Mahomes and that offense off the field. If you can keep them off the offense off the field, then you have an opportunity. But you're right. Warriors offense is gonna have to score points this week. You know, in my game preview show, I asked everyone to give score predictions, and it was a lot of high scores coming from everyone. So I think the, the everyone sees that this is gonna have this might have to be like a New Orleans a 2019 kind of game where the Niners have to score a lot of points. Do they have those capabilities inside them? Yeah, it's gonna be very tough. Michael Humphrey says Ward and Verrett. Equal two press lockdown corners. Warner plugging the middle. Bosa and Drake Jackson speed rushing the edge equals unbeatable historic defense. If Verrett comes back, you know, and that, and, and I'm saying this like this, I love Jason Verrett. If he comes back to that 2020 form and you have him and Charverius Ward on the outside, the versatility it's going to allow Jimmy Ward and Talano Ufonga to play with is, you're right, going to make this defense elite again. Um, and I think that's why they need to find out real quick who Jason Verrett is. Is he back? Is he healthy? If he's back and healthy, then yeah, you can you can go back to what you were doing because now you have a guy equivalent to uh, Emmanuel Mosley. If not, you need to make a move. Find a player in the trade market that you can go ahead and get. I think that would be the most important move for the 49ers. There's two moves I feel um, that are the most important, and that's defensive tackle depth with not knowing what Ken Law is going to do unless you you know medically you know and a cornerback. And if Jason Vress the answer, then that eliminates one. I think the third one after that is probably Jake Brendel in the center position. But um, those are kind of the three positions the 49ers need to figure out over the next several weeks, especially with the trade deadline rapidly approaching. Frank says, DJ Jones and K1 Williams, the Shark, were instrumental in Denver win. You could see them anticipating the timing of the offense. It was, it was a game of inches, the smallest advantage. It was, you know, and that's one of those things that's tough when you play teams that used to be a part of your team. It, it's it's really rough because they have an understanding. You can also use it to your advantage. You know, you you make them think one thing and you do another. Um, you know, I mean, famously, Green Bay had the same calls as the 49ers. So one time they would make fake calls and then run it. So 
yeah, I think I think I know what you're saying. It, it definitely does make it tough. Uh, Marvin says Niners do not have a number one pick next year. That's right. The Miami Dolphins have it. So you're hoping the 49ers make it a pick that's like late 20s or early 30s. That way it was them giving up, you know, a late one. And uh, Moses says my prediction, Niners win in a thriller 28-24. I love that. Uh, the Chiefs average about 29 points per game. So holding them you know, to 24 is not ridiculous. I think that is a possibility. And Jag with a $5 super chat says, gotta go. Great show as usual. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate your hard work and dedication to give the Faisal great insight. Stay blessed. Thank you so much, Jag. Really appreciate uh, when you come through it. Always fun to get questions and interact with you. So thank you. I really do appreciate the kind words. It means a lot. Um, and uh, Frank says... Let Jimmy Cook set up the run by passing to open up lanes, a reverse from Kyle's normal two runs and a third and a long pass. Now we're on the same page, Frank. That's what I said in the in the show as well. And what's up, David Villa? Um, how's it going? And yeah, no, that's exactly right. Early on, I think Kansas City comes in trying to take away the run game, knowing the 40 yards want to run the football to keep you know Patrick Mahomes off the field, and you go with the rhythm pass and you let Jimmy Garoppolo get the ball out. Uh, make some plays that way, get third and shorts that way, and then you run the ball once they kind of ease up and spread out. I think that's the avenue you have to go. Now, Kansas City comes in, and you can, if you're on my Patreon, you go to the scouting report, when Kansas City's in two-deep zone, you can run the football in Kansas City. So anytime they're in two-deep zone, I expect the 49ers to can the play to a run and run the ball at them. And if they come out in a single high set, a single high safety, then you're going to look to throw. It's pretty easy reads there. Now, they do bring blitzes, so locate their blitzes. If they can come up with some timely screen passes off of those, whether those are tunnel screens or even just screens in general, uh, the way they did to Carolina, the 49ers could take advantage of the aggressiveness of Kansas City and make plays. But, you know, it's going to come down to calling the right plays at the right time. It's going to be tough. This, of course, is at this point, Kinlaw is a bonus. I, I, I'm just over him and expecting nothing. Yeah, uh, Mr. Corey, that's something that David Campbell said in comments earlier today about Kinlaw and Verrett. And I, I think it's a fair assessment, right? Anything you get out of them now is just a bonus. You have to prepare for life without them, and then you're good. Uh, Frank says, in my in my humble opinion, they activate Verrett to avoid losing him for the year, but don't play him as much this weekend. I don't think they're going to play him a lot. The reason I think they're going to play him is because it's natural grass. Uh, you play him on natural grass. You play him a couple of series here and there. You evaluate his progress, see what you got. That way, you get him a little bit more in the Rams game. He gets a bye week to rest and get healthy, and then you play him again. I think you go. That's when you finally go full shot as against the Chargers, and you see what you got there. But you have to find out before the uh, the trade deadline, and that's before the bye. So you need to find out over the next couple of weeks what you got there and whether you need to make a decision. Brad Jones says has Armstead been ruled out of this game? Yeah, he's out of this game. He's not practicing. Um, I think Kyle said earlier in the week he has a chance for the Rams, but if not, they'll just it'll be the Chargers. So, yeah. Uh, Frank says that's why they kept Jimmy. So that uh, pick is in the back of the first round. Exactly. Uh, that's what could happen. You, know, you get to the playoffs, you push it down the line. I mean, imagine it trade. I mean, you trade it up for Trey Lance if those picks end up being late first round picks. Um, I, I got to feel like at that point you're feeling like okay, we we did pretty good with that trade. If they were going to end up being top ten picks. I think that's when you just you feel like you got mugged. But uh, overall, I think that's pretty good. Uh, Frank says, Wilson, over 100 yards, we win. I'm, I'm with you. If you're running the football and you're able to get 100 yards rushing from Jeff Wilson Jr., you have a really good chance to win the football football game. Eric Dean says, yeah, right. Jimmy can't cook. It would take him five minutes to cook a minute rice. Ooh, well done. 
I, I love the I love the I love that comment right there. It's fun, right? Have a little fun with it. There are people that believe Jimmy can't do it. There's people that believe Jimmy can do it. Um, I think Jimmy can do it in spurts. I think you have to take advantage of what Jimmy does well, get him in the right situations, make it so it's rhythm passing. I think those are areas where he can be successful. But um, I think when you get it, you know, out of the realm of the things he does well, then he starts to struggle. Um, I don't know if, if he can cook, but he can make plays at times, and that's what you have to take advantage of. And he's proven that, you know, there's going to be those bad games, and he's going to make mistakes. Uh, but he's also proven at times he can play well. What you're hoping is that you're going to get more of the good times than the bad. But overall, you know, I mean, yeah, he had one, he had two really bad passes last week. He had the one that was um, intercepted that he threw high to Debo Samuel. And then he had another one that should have been intercepted by a linebacker. Both of those were bad throws. Other than that, I thought he made some pretty good throws overall. So uh, not going to hate on him, but also not giving him overall just tremendous praise. I think he kind of played just, you know, a, a good enough game to win. Uh, Rarvin says, Wilson, no fumble. We win. <laughs> That's true as well. Frank says, Jimmy is perhaps the best two-minute quarterback in the NFL, but that is when Kyle's playbook gets tossed aside. The players know. Interesting. Mr. Corey says, still don't understand why Mosley was in the end of the, the blow instead of Ombre Thomas. Uh, only the fact that if they would have scored on that play, it would have made it somewhat of a game. So, um, I mean, I probably wouldn't have had him in. I know Lenore and Womack were playing the series before that, um, but that one's a little tough. I think the the one that was probably, you know, was more frustrating was the year before when Jason Brett got hurt because the 49ers shouldn't have needed those guys to be in the game still. They should have had that game figured out and won. Um, but yeah, it's struggling. Uh, Frank says Mosley came down straight-legged. I saw it immediately. Yeah, that was frustrating. I knew he was hurt as well. Ronnie says, how many trickery plays do we see in this game? I don't think we're going to see that many. I mean, I, I, well, let me take it back. Kansas City, I think we'll run a lot. Uh, I think we'll see a few from Kansas City. I don't think we'll see very many from the 49ers. You call it reverse, a trickery play. Um, potentially, that could be the case. But, I mean, that's about it. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for coming through this news update and Q&A. I really had a good time. Thank you all for, for coming through and checking it out. Um, there will be some stuff coming out tomorrow. Madden Simulation comes out tomorrow. It's a good game. That'll be a fun one for everyone to watch. Also, What's Good with Jay in the Bay comes out tomorrow. On Saturday, my What's the Game Plan video comes out. And then nothing for me on Sunday. I'm going to be at Alex's wedding, so I'm going to be doing that. There will be no game reaction show, but I'll do something on Monday. We'll have the Ant Hill show on Monday, game reaction show on Monday. Uh, so come back through for all those. I really, really appreciate that. Hope you guys all have a good day. Thank you guys for coming through. Have a good night. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you guys next time. Until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.